0: Welcome to Let's Talk Sales. This is the podcast for anyone interested in growing sales. Today's episode of Let's Talk Sales is brought to you by our ebook on the ultimate guide to sales targeting. In it, you'll discover best practices for better targeting, a simple five-step process that you can use to identify your ideal targets, and more. Be sure to download a copy today. You can find it in the notes for today's show at criteriaforsuccess.com slash pod 242. And this is uh, super short notice, but for anybody who's actually listening to this episode the day it airs or within maybe 24 hours or so, we at CFS have been hosting a series of conversations about selling through uncertainty, where we're discussing the challenges that sales teams are facing during the coronavirus pandemic and the economic fallout that we're all seeing. The next two sessions are at 10 a.m. and 3 p.m. Eastern this Wednesday, April 8th, and we'd absolutely love to have you participate. You can learn more in the show notes, which again, are at criteriaforsuccess.com slash pod 242. This is Elizabeth Frederick. And if I sound a little different, it is because I am recording the first episode from home where I've been working from home for a few weeks. Um, my setup is a little silly. I've got a blanket tossed over my head, uh, but I can, <laughs> I hope that we get the, the audio quality, but I hope you forgive anything um, that maybe doesn't sound like it usually does. <laughs> I am so, so excited about today's guest. Um, She is our fastest ever returning guest. Uh, She is the president of Unstoppable Women in Sales, an organization that coaches women sales professionals to reach the top 1% in their industry. She's also managing partner at Beyond ROI, which is an independent third-party partner that measures the effectiveness of sales training. And she's the former president of the Raleigh-Durham chapter of the National Association of Women Sales Professionals. So some of you guys might remember this guest, Susan Trumpler. Um, I spoke to her just a few weeks ago. But we really wanted to bring her back. Because if you remember that conversation, which if you haven't listened, please go back and listen. Um, She has such an incredible wisdom in the way that she focuses and works with her clients. What we're going to talk about today is how to help people thrive during this uncertain time. So I know this conversation will be relevant. We are so glad to welcome you back. Welcome, Susan.
1: Thank you so much, Elizabeth. It is great to be here with you today.
0: Yeah, I am just, I know we spoke so incredibly recently, but everything seems to have changed so much in the world around us since that time that we spoke. So we wanted to bring you back because your approach um, on um, the whole mind thinking and just how we, how we actually approach the way that we work, that seems so relevant to the stress that people are experiencing right now. I know we touched on stress last time we spoke, mm-hmm. and then I feel like the, the stress burden of the world just about tripled or quadrupled. So what are you hearing from your network about um, the way that they're experiencing these uncertain times?
1: Oh, it is amazing, Elizabeth. Um, everyone is experiencing it in different ways. And yet,
0: mm-hmm.
1: same. all right, so here's what I mean by that. Um, here's one thing that we all have in common. We all have a brain. <laughs> I know <laughs> some of sellers don't necessarily but I I would challenge them on that one. No, we do. We all have a brain. And as we talked about during our on our our last podcast together, there's a couple different sections of your brain that control your how you think and how you see and perceive things. And what's happening is the primitive part of your brain, the one that's wired to keep you safe, to make certain you're happy, and to conserve energy so that you can survive, that primitive brain in every single person is kind of going crazy right now. You know, it's Mm -hmm. lighting up, it's on fire in essence. So there's this personal disruption um, that's happening inside one part of our brain. Then there's the other part of the brain, the thinking, the planning, you know, the, the part of your brain that creates strategy and helps you execute and stay on track. You know, that part of the brain in some folks is doing great because they're lucky enough to be in a situation either selling or, you know, offering a solution that is very pertinent at this time. So they're mm-hmm. on fire. And they're trying to, you know, kind of corral this opportunity. And it's a beautiful thing. But then there's other folks that are on the opposite end of that spectrum where their business pipelines have dried up a little bit for right now. And, you know, they're having a little bit more of a challenge in finding the opportunities and being able to, you know, keep themselves together regarding, you know, how am I going to make things happen? So there's just, you know, when you put it all together, um, there's some, some people are doing well business wise, but they're still having that personal disruption that might be helping mm-hmm. them lose focus, right? And not stay on track the way they want to. Others are challenged on both ends of the spectrum and are really just looking for any kind of uh, support that they can get to, to help them hold on through these times. So that's what, that's what I'm seeing.
0: Definitely. And I love that you called that out. It's something that we hadn't necessarily planned on talking about today, but the stress that you might be experiencing in your personal life is separate from the actual work life that you have, but they're both going to touch each other right now. So for example, I was talking to a client a couple of weeks ago and she is a VP sales in a large company. And what she feels like she's called to do at this time is be almost like a therapist for her team. She has people going through very complex personal life situations, and maybe cohabiting with partners that they're in the process of divorcing from. Mm. Or one person on her team is a single mother of twins um, who are five years old, <laughs> and generally they're in really great childcare all day, and she's able to focus on her her work. Mm-hmm. And now that's not an option, yeah. and so. Whatever stress you might be experiencing about work and and the reality of your work situation, you also have to take into account um, if, for yourself and for your team. Mm-hmm. What's the stress that that those people are experiencing as well? Because that that's going to impact how you approach everything.
1: Yeah, you absolutely do. It's like um, the change in our physical work environment by working mm-hmm. that into our home environment is actually merging those two worlds. Not only just physically, but also in our brain. And so it's really hard to keep your head in the game when you when you can't walk away from and and separate yourself sometimes from things that are challenging. It, it's It just makes it just a little bit more difficult to stay focused. Absolutely. So I want to get pretty specific here,
0: because um, there are very specific challenges that I know both of us have heard from people um, that we're that we're talking to, and we wanted to address some of those big picture challenges. So the first one, the biggest problem I feel like we're hearing about from people is they don't know who to sell to, as the economy seems to be slowing right now. Um, they might not know necessarily who those targets are, or they might be struggling, even though they've identified what the ideal prospect might be, they don't know how to find and engage them. So what would you recommend to people who are struggling to identify um, or, or locate prospects?
1: Locating prospects. So, so, you know, it's kind of interesting. When you think about um, the change in the environment, you have to think about not just your change, which is what we've been chatting about, but actually put yourself into the shoes of the people that you Mm -hmm. have a solution for. So you start thinking about, okay, who is the person? And like you said, it could be a completely different contact than it was, or a role that you were selling to previously. So the question is who is this person and where do they hang out? Especially now because it's I've heard some people say it's a little bit easier to find people because they are congregating virtually and there are more virtual resources than ever um, for specific Topics or or um, roles in organizations. So the thing that I would encourage someone to do is if they're trying to find someone obviously spending a lot of time on LinkedIn and really plugging into what groups are out there, what virtual resources other than LinkedIn are there for these groups? Are there associations Are there different places that they can find them, but you've got to really put yourself in their shoes and say, if I was this person, where would I be going right now for support? What would I be looking at? And then be able to find your way towards being able to, um, get in front of that person, either virtually, with a phone call, with an email, whatever it might be, a DM, you never know.
0: I love that. And, and that empathy, I think, can extend to the very tactical and very operational, like literally, um, you know, what are the events that they may have attended when they could have attended events in person? Mm -hmm. And how have they replaced those? Um, Where are they actually spending time? But then that same empathy of putting yourself in their shoes, is what are they going to care about and be concerned about right now? Um, really what might they be going through in their businesses? And um, that's that's really foundational, is, is that just empathy and, and putting yourself in the mindset of your prospects is always
1: a, always a really good practice. Elizabeth, the most important question that someone can ask a prospect right now is, how can I help you now? You know, you got to show that you understand it's not business as usual. You're not pushing, you know, oblivious to what's happening out there, but that you have solutions that can help people manage their way through exactly the situation they're in right now. It's a huge difference. Um, You've got to show, I love that you use the word empathy. You do have to show that you have empathy. Towards what's happening with, but you're not going to just lay down and roll over for three months and say, oh, well, I, I shouldn't really be selling right now. You know, it's just not the right time to sell, which I've heard people say. I'm like, mm-hmm. are you kidding me? There are people that have needs out there, huge needs right now. And why not be the person, if you have a solution to help them, why not be the person who can bring that solution to the forefront?
0: Absolutely. And I do think this might sound a little a little silly or a little grandiose, but it's up to all of us who are involved in the global business community to try to keep business moving, right? We can all do our part to keep the world economy as, as stable as it can be. If you're just waiting, if you're just going to sit back and wait for something to come to you and to happen to you, um, but you don't do your part, I always like the expression, let inspiration find you working, you know, let success find you working, let luck find you working. And it's amazing how if you don't do that, if you're just, if you're just sitting back and, and waiting, you're putting a bigger burden on everybody around you to keep things afloat. But if you do what you can do, and we trust everybody else to do everything that they can do, um, it's amazing how much can still happen right now, even though the world is so disrupted, even though things are so much more difficult in some, in some situations than they were before, it doesn't mean that you necessarily need to just stop. Um, there are some industries and some companies that really have needed to just put a halt on things, mm. but that doesn't mean because you stopped operationally that you necessarily have stopped engaging with people. And so you can think about, you know, could I schedule meetings for the future? Could I just check in with former clients? There's so many things you can do to keep moving and and keep just momentum happening that um, I love what you said. You, you can't just roll over and just, you know, sit things out for the next few months. That that doesn't work.
1: Yeah, I agree. And, you know, something you just said just reminded me of something. Checking in with clients, like leveraging relationships that you do have. And, and I'm giving you an example. Um mm-hmm. Once you've done business with someone, there's there's a level of personal connection, right? But it's kind of small in normal business world, kind of small. However, right now, Everyone is, going back to the primitive brain, we are a clan. We believe that we are um, safer when we're together with our clan. Um goes back to the times when if you ventured out of the cave, right, you might get eaten by a lion. Your primitive brain still believes that it needs to be surrounded by people it knows and trusts, right? If you reach out to a client and you're human, you're like, I was thinking about you. I'm just, I want to I know how you're doing. And if there's anything that I can do to support you, here's what I was thinking um, in ways of looking at what we do different. You know, again, you're you're kind of uh, attaching the times to your solution and figuring out how to message it well. But you can also ask them given this situation, is there anyone that you know that could benefit from connecting with me because we're being very creative in how we're approaching things, right? So so take advantage of that clan mentality, reach out to the people you know, make certain they're okay, make certain there's nothing else that you can do to help them, but don't forget to leverage that relationship in trying to uncover additional um, opportunities as well.
0: Absolutely. And it's just such a it's, it's also warmer and easier and it makes you feel good mm-hmm. when you get a chance to reconnect with somebody that you, that you worked with in the past. It's a lot easier than calling a brand new prospect that's never heard of you before.
1: I agree. So. I agree. I've been reaching out to all of my clients and just, you know, I just want to check in. What can I do to support you? Anything. And, you know, sometimes in my situation, I'm offering free services. You know, I'm like, together and let me help you. I'll help you through this particular challenge you're having and what I, I consider it because I know they're not going to buy right now. I you know I know the ones who can't buy right now, but if I do something right now, it's a currency that I'm actually mm-hmm. putting out into their world that when they're in a position that they can buy, I know that I will have their trust and that I will be the one that they will consider spending the money when they do have the time. So there's things you can do to kind of, in essence, pad your pipeline for down the road uh, when there is, you know, an opportunity with certain companies. Absolutely.
0: Now, something that, um, that I wanted to drill down in, and I know you've already touched on this, but if we could spend a few more minutes talking about it. Another thing that we're hearing from people is they might know who they want to talk to, especially um, new prospects Mm -hmm. that they feel like would be good targets right now, but they're finding it difficult to figure out what to say. I am hearing from so many people who feel like they're concerned that their messaging might seem tone deaf or inappropriate Mm -hmm. or people might not be ready to hear from them. Mm -hmm. So what should people be thinking about as they develop a message for the market that might be going out in emails or might be what people would say when they first uh, get on the phone with someone?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. And I, I will tell you that if you keep one thing in mind as you're creating your message, that it needs to be customer centric. You will never be tone deaf. So you have to think again, you have to think about that person. Think about their world that they're in right now. Think about what what's in their head. What are their top concerns or challenges that they're having around reaching goals and, you know, advancing forward or, or even just staying stable, if you put that person in your mind that way and you create your messaging regarding, I understand, I understand what's happening, I understand the situation, here's some things that we can do to help you around that challenge and if it's appropriate at all, I'd love to connect with you so we can go deeper into that, right? So you're starting out saying, I know, I understand, I I want to be able to help you. If it's the right time, let's connect and do this, right? So it's it's a customer-focused or a customer-centric message that can't you can't go wrong because it's not like, you know... Hey, it's a perfect time. Fifty percent off our latest project. Or product. <laughs> ah, car salesman. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I apologize. I shouldn't. I shouldn't. It's a stereotype that I think we all have,
0: um, and it's it's tempting to call it because honestly, most consumers, one of the only times they are almost guaranteed to interact with a salesperson. is when buying a car. I think that's why the stereotype has, has become so, um, well known because, you know, it's no longer very common that as an individual consumer, you're interacting with a ton of salespeople in your day-to-day life. Um, and so the, the stereotype we all fall back on. And unfortunately I feel like, um, there is, there's definitely a culture in some, uh, some areas of that market where they have not developed good consultative practices, let us just say.
1: That's a good way to put it. Good way to put it.
0: <laughs> I've talked to some very enlightened and very, um, very customer focused, honestly, uh, car salespeople. Mm-hmm. Um, but the pressures they get from even the way they work with manufacturers are, are, are ridiculous. And it's, It's really challenging to run uh, a a considered, careful, um, you know, um, consultative approach when if you don't hit a certain target, you lose a ton of money. And if you do, like they have to sell kind of a certain number of cars. And if they don't hit that number, the price is so prohibitive that there's no way they can possibly make money no matter how many they sold. And then as Mm -hmm. soon as they flip over that number, it's almost pure profit on top of that. So. The, the pressure, especially toward the end of the month, definitely. If you are buying a, a car, um, don't go on the last day of the month. <laughs> quick, quick little tip. Or I suppose do go because they're they're definitely committed to selling it to you, but they're they're going to be on their um, on their most urgent
1: <laughs>
0: uh, mindset. Good tip. <laughs> uh, all right, car car buying advice for somebody who hasn't driven a car in below these many moons. I live in New York City, um, but I love what you were saying, Susan, about. Understanding the challenges that people have and tying that to how you can help. There is an exercise that I would recommend to all of our listeners. And I'm going to share a resource in the show notes. It's called um, How to How to Sell Anything to Anyone or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I should remember the, the title of this off the top of my head. But really, it's got a it's got a, a bit of a cheesy title because um, we wanted it to capture attention like by that. But really, what it's about is. If you want to sell something to anybody, no matter what the situation is, what you need to understand is what is the problem that your solution solves for them. And if you can't put yourself in their mindset and, and understand that, your messaging is going to be off base and it's going to be really challenging. But what you need to do as an individual salesperson or as a sales lead, um, or even if you're if you're the marketing lead or you're you're the CEO, you need to really think about what are the different concerns and challenges that our prospects are having right now? And can we address those? Because your standard problems that people thought were a problem in, you know, December, that's not the problem that's facing them right now. And it might be that you just need to tweak your message just a little tiny bit. Um, You know, I have a client, for example, that sells analytics software. And so normally It's seen in some businesses as essential and in some businesses as a luxury, in some businesses as, you know, we're moving into the 21st century, Mm -hmm. Um, but it's, it's not usually seen as critical business need. Right now, if you have had to shut down your retail stores and you've moved completely to online sales you need to improve your analytics. You need to know what are people interested in and what's moving and what isn't moving. And you might not have felt like that system was necessary in the past, but it's gone from kind of a nice to have to a need to have it yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and so figuring out what that different messaging might be is so helpful if you can do that um, as, as kind of an
1: internal exercise and in planning and brainstorming together. Definitely. It is, it's interesting how things are shifting from nice to haves to mission critical very easily. So you've got to be the one that's, that's I don't want to say first to market, but in essence, creating a brand that says we can pivot with the market. You know, we, we understand your needs and we're not asking you to jump into our box, but we'll help you understand how we can uniquely be uniquely positioned. To help you, so that's another word that I really encourage everyone that, that I coach to work with when they're mm-hmm. with their client, because you can have your client can have a need, you can have a solution, but when you have that overlap, right? It's a beautiful thing, but so do a lot of other companies. Yes, you've <laughs> got to find that sweet spot that says, "Well, you've got this need, I've got a solution, and here's the unique part of what I do that no one else can do for you," and part and, so right now, part of that is I'm the one here talking to you, and no one else is right mm-hmm. I'm one who has really been able to figure out what your challenge is and how our solution can influence that in a very unique way because I'm here I'm talking to you so it's it's a beautiful time for a lot of people, but you do have to be creative, and that's where again the mindset has to be um you know it's not all doom and gloom, yes, it is challenging, it's disruptive. And yet that can be a very good thing sometimes.
0: Absolutely. I love what you said about a nice to have versus mission critical, Mm -hmm. because that also determines back the the previous question that we were talking about is um, what prospects you should be targeting right now and how to find them. Mm -hmm. If you have a diverse group of prospects because you sell something that's relatively industry agnostic, what you want to think about is which of our prospects, which types would view us as a nice to have right now? Versus which ones would view us as mission critical. And so target the people who are going to see you as mission critical, Mm -hmm. if possible. But then when it comes to your message, make sure that you've changed your message. You know, it's still worth keeping the nice to haves warm right now. And so, you know, you're going to target them with the nice to have messaging and the, um, you know, ideas and your planning for the future and when things get back to normal and blah, blah, blah. Um, But then with the mission critical, you're not creating a false sense of urgency, you're reflecting. A real sense of urgency okay. and how you can help people in the urgency and emergencies that they are feeling in their
1: businesses. Mm-hmm. You're not pushing a sense onto them. That's exactly right. Keep your message simple. Keep it. Keep it interesting. Keep it customer centric. Keep it relevant to where they are right now, and you can definitely get the attention of people. There, I've even heard it's easier to get to some people uh, right now, as long as you're sending a message that they believe can help their their right now where they are right now. Absolutely.
0: Um, we're seeing this and we're hearing this from our clients. People are, they have more time to pick up the phone. Mm -hmm. And so people are getting a lot more pickups, you know, um, people aren't stuck in their offices and internal meetings and having, you know, they're not traveling, they're not on planes. So there's, there is more availability um, of people just literally just catching them on the phone. Um, but that those, those key points that you said, you know, simple, interesting, relevant, customer centric, um, Sometimes people feel like they can just go on autopilot and just use the same messaging that you've been using before or just, you know, I'll get on the phone and I've, I've done this before. I can I can handle it. Take some time beforehand to really think through what we've been talking about. Put yourself in the mindset of that customer um, and make sure that you're you're addressing the concerns and the needs that they have and not seeming like you're just glossing past it.
1: Exactly. yeah, this isn't a time unfortunately, this isn't a time where you can be on autopilot and just spit out the same emails, the same you know scripts that you've been using. Um, you do have to do a little bit of work to drop into the you know the current environment, the current problems, but if you do that it will pay off for you tenfold. so it's worth the investment when you've got the time. Isn't it funny? Hey Elizabeth, here's one thing. I've been working for from home for like a decade. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I understand um, the yin and the yang of working at home, right? There's some things I miss about being in an office, but here's one of the things that I believe wholeheartedly is you can get 10 times more things done when you're in a home office you know, let's take the kids out of the picture and the distractions and such. (laughs) There's no water cooler conversations. There's no getting pulled into the, the the manager's office or wherever for things that were not in your calendar. So if you are really careful and focused on how you're putting your day together, it is amazing how productive you can be when you're in an environment like you are today again, take out the distractions. I understand people don't get, you know, don't get crazy here. I know that there's distractions, family and and so on, but even given that you can get so much more done when you're in a focused environment, if you're very disciplined and and on top of how you're spending your time.
0: Absolutely. Um, there's another resource that I'm going to make sure I share in the show notes because some people heard what Susan just said and were like, yep, I'm going to block out time on my calendar and plan my day, and just like I would do in the office, but I'm going to do it at home. And there are some people who said calendar, fucking time, <laughs> what? Um, oh, and if yeah, you were, wait. if you were somebody who who typically kind of flies by the seat of your pants and is very mm-hmm. reactive, mm-hmm. and maybe you still feel like you get stuff done. You might be finding, especially now that you've moved to home, that there are more distractions and there's more things around you. So one great, great practice, if you've never done it before or if you've been kind of not so great at it before, is learning how to effectively time block. And time block does not mean that you accept calendar requests and send calendar requests for just your meetings with other people. That's going to be little bits and pieces on your calendar. Your day should be blocked out such that you know what you're going to do during the working hours and when are you going to make those calls and when are you going to send those emails and when are you going to brainstorm things and when are you going to research and all of these things need to be blocked on your calendar if you want to make sure you get everything done that needs to get done. Um, And then what you're hopefully going to find, as Susan was just saying, is you don't have to leave. Blocks of time for catching up with somebody um, at their desk, you know, please do still stay in touch with your colleagues, you want to, you want to remember that you're part of a team, but you can schedule time for it and make sure that it's not, you know, what you thought was a five minute conversation that turns into a 25 minute conversation. And, um, a lot of times I think people don't realize how many distractions there are in the
1: office. It's crazy. It is crazy. I love time blocking. I do it. Here's my recommendation. I do it every Monday morning. I call it Monday mm-hmm. hour one. I take one hour and I list absolutely everything. And here's the, here's the key. Everything that I want to accomplish. That work, yes, not what I need to do, but what are the outcomes that I'm looking to achieve that week? And then I start blocking in, like, well, how much time would I need to spend? What activities would be within that time block? And it is amazing. At the and then it's Friday hour done. At the end of the day on Friday, I take a look at my my calendar, at my list that I wanted to to be able to accomplish. And I'll be able to say, here's what I accomplished, here's what I didn't accomplish. And I'm I can can very clearly usually tell why I didn't accomplish it. So it's just a way to hold yourself accountable. And especially in these times when you don't have the team around you uh, in the way you're used to, to really keep being productive. Some people, Elizabeth, some people are going to exit this two, three month period of time better equipped to be successful than when they entered it. Unfortunately, there'll be other people that enter this time and they they get swallowed up into the kind of fear and, um, you know, the, they're not ready to pivot and make the changes. And it's going to be that much harder for them to be able to really get get their legs under them. Um, so don't be that person, you know, be the person who's using this, this time to the max. So you're prepared to be successful come the other side of it.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, this is another thing that we weren't necessarily planning on talking about, but we're so incredibly aligned here. Um, A practice that we often train our clients to do is set goals for the week. And like Susan was just saying, identify the actual goal, the outcome. Don't just list the task. For example, your outcome might be, I need to um, create at least two new opportunities this week, um, or your outcome might be I need to book myself um, a speaking engagement, or I need to you know you want to you want to identify what you're going to complete. Then you have to block out time for the activities to get there, and to a certain extent, you're guessing, right? I think if I call. X number of prospects, I'm gonna get through to this many, and of those, this many would potentially turn into opportunities. And it's a learning curve, you know, over time you're gonna get better at this every week. And then once you block out that time on your calendar, you might even consider, um, certainly an end of week audit is a very good idea. But if possible, it can be a great way to end your day, even just mm-hmm. to look back and say, which of my time blocks, you know, I, I actually did this today. I had my entire day blocked out. Um, and it was a little overly ambitious because I, I literally had to schedule 30 minutes for lunch or I wasn't going to get lunch today. Every single other time slot was filled. But one meeting lasted 20 minutes longer than it should have. And that blew up an entire 30 minute time block. Mm -hmm. And so something I'm going to do by the end of the day today is figure out when can I do that tomorrow? Because it's absolutely Mm -hmm. essential that it happens. Mm -hmm. And so um, if, but if I didn't have it blocked out on my calendar, if it was just on a to-do list somewhere off to the side, it's easy for it to slip. And then you're looking at it Friday afternoon and you're like, wow, I'm going to be working till 9 PM on a Friday.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's true. It's true. And it's always fun Oh, I, I have a weird sense of fun. So I, it's probably not the right word to use. But <laughs> when, when you come up to a time block that has something in it and you automatically are starting to resist doing that, like you're mm-hmm. telling you, oh, I, you know, I really don't need to be making 50 calls right now. And, yeah, you know, I can, I can like slip that until tomorrow. That's the moment. Honestly, that's the moment that is the the difference maker between the people who do reach the top 1% and the people who don't. If you're resisting something, chances are it's the harder things to do, but it's Mm -hmm. the higher, um, the higher stake activity, which will get you the results. So if you find yourself resisting something and you can just start on it, just get started because you know, once you get started, right, Elizabeth, once you get started, you're like, oh, this wasn't as hard as I was thinking or <laughs> as awful as I had imagined. You're overcoming that little piece of resistance in you and you're creating a new habit that says, I will stand by my commitments to myself. The more I do that, the more it becomes a habit to stand by my commitments, the more successful I can be in the long run. So it's it's kind of, and that's where the word fun comes from. It's interesting to see what mm-hmm. is what your brain is telling you not to do when you've got your calendar time blocked, and those are the things you want to pay the most attention to.
0: Absolutely, I I really love that, Susan, and I know um, with with what you focus on, you know, in terms of the brain. Mm-hmm self-awareness and, and kind of some self-analysis is, uh, is an incredibly valuable practice. And so if there is that item on your calendar that every single day this week, you know, it was on your calendar on Monday, and then you bumped it to Tuesday, <laughs> and then you bumped it to Wednesday, and then you bumped it to Thursday, and now it's Friday, and you still kind of feel like you're not going to do it, you need to figure out why that is. It might be that you just don't want to. And there's not external pressure that's forcing you. And so you're putting it off. And it's good to recognize that. And then you got to figure out what can you do. Um, It might also be that there are actual barriers to you doing it. Um, You need information from somebody else. Well, you know, lesson learned next time. If you want to do something on Monday and you need input from somebody else, you need to reach out to them. You know, the Thursday before or the Monday before, honestly, and say, hey, I I set aside time on Monday to work on this. I need your part by then. Um, It might be that you needed to do some work to prepare for that time block, right? You said, I'm going to make 50 calls, but you don't have a list of who to call. Well, you should have made a separate time block to say, build a list of people to call. (laughs) And so figuring out just why it is that you didn't do it. And was it just that you didn't want to? um, Or was it that, that there were barriers in place and you hadn't really thought through, you know, back to what Susan was saying? The outcome. If you didn't, if you just focused on one part of a task, that doesn't help you with the outcome. If you're outcome focused, you're going to think of all the different tasks that might be involved, including the different people that might need to be engaged or the different step in the process.
1: Perfect. Perfect advice.
0: Yeah, it's um it, in general. I think um, most of us have certain habits around personal productivity, and what some people might not have really thought about is. The habits that were keeping you afloat, um, hopefully, uh, before in, in you know, what seemed like normal circumstances, they are going to need to be different. And so this can be a great time. It's a really good opportunity to improve your personal habits around productivity, around time management. And then you can bring those habits back once you're maybe back in the office for those of us who, who hopefully will be moving back to offices at some point this year. <laughs>
1: Yeah. All right. Yeah. It goes back to what we were saying about you can be a better person when this is over. You can go yeah. back and say, I'm actually kind of glad this happened in the way it did. Um, not, not in general, right? Nobody's happy. It, ha- it had happened in general, but in the way it, it uh, affected us professionally, because we can become better. It's almost like, um, you know, when you were like run a, start running, cause you're going to run a marathon. And the first time you run the first mile, you think you're going to die and then you keep running more and more and you get stronger and stronger. And then all of a sudden you're running five miles and you're going, this is nothing. Well, when you get back to normal selling situations, that's how you're going to feel. It's like, wow, this is amazing. How easy it, how much easier it feels today than it did in the past.
0: I love that analogy. Yeah. This is, this is a time where you're going to have to potentially buckle down and work harder than you had been in some areas. Mm -hmm. Um, but like we like we've been saying, uh, you probably have time for it um, because you have fewer distractions, and you're going to come out of this stronger, and more efficient, and more effective, and more nimble at messaging, and better engaged with your prospects and your clients, and with deeper relationships. It's it's really an opportunity to to dig in and thrive, and that actually leads into the next thing I wanted to talk about, Susan, because this is. Um, this is a just a key message that i really want people to to resonate with there are businesses around i know we've we've both spoken to people mm-hmm. who are fortunate enough that they're in a pretty stable position mm-hmm. it might be because of the specific industry that they're in um the financial position of the of the company whatever it might be they're in a pretty stable place they're not concerned about you know i don't know who to sell to um how
1: can leaders in those situations help their teams thrive mm. This is such an interesting time for leaders, you know, because um, it's, it's one thing to have to adjust personally and be able to, you know, kind of navigate your own way through this. But as a leader, you're thinking, you know, on tenfold. tenfold. Um, and what I would say to a leader as they're leading through uncertainty is that the culture of your organization is really what is going to uh, establish kind of a um a touch point for the people on your team, right? So what mm-hmm. you can do best is make certain that you are upholding the values and the culture that you want your people to be able to to thrive under and to tra- and to also be able to emulate to their customers. Does that
0: that make sense, Elizabeth? Absolutely. And and that really And and the reason that I framed this question and this topic around companies that have the space to do that is really bluntly, everybody should be doing this. But if you're in crisis mode, uh, you're focused on getting through it, right, on resolving the crisis. But for those of us who are in the fortunate place of not being in severe emergency mode, Mm -hmm. it is up to leaders to be thinking about culture, And values and tying it back for the team, because you need to put yourself, I I love that you said, you know, there's, there's the personal adjustment that you're making and that everybody on your team is making. Mm -hmm. But as a leader, you need to understand the personal adjustments that everybody on your team is making. You've got to, you've got to take that step back, that step up and, and really help guide people through this.
1: Mm -hmm. You do, you do. And, and, you know, here's the other thing it's almost like every day that we wake up elizabeth there's something new and different that's being communicated mm. right you turn on the news in the morning you've got higher statistics and and more you know i don't want to call it doom and gloom but you know that's what the news is there for it's not telling it's not really reporting the news anymore it's kind of telling the story uh, that 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 gets you to come back and listen for more so every day as a leader your team is getting inundated and especially in the next couple of weeks they're going to be getting inundated with things that are really hard for them to be able to assimilate into their their mind and then still show up as that person who is confident and can get out there right so as a leader it's up to you to be able to bring them back to center Right, Mm -hmm. there's that spectrum of oh everything's okay all the way down to oh you know we're going to be on the on the street living out of a shopping cart someday soon right so (laughs) you know it's that spectrum and as a leader you've got to take the temperature of each of your team members and where are they along that spectrum and make certain that they come center and say hey listen it's not great it's not we're we're going to be okay but you've got to get them center so that they're in a mindset that they can actually go out and do the work that they need to do um as a team member but a leader is like that you're you're corralling them every single day far more than they've had to do um when they were physically connected and mm-hmm. in in a stable environment it's a big job it's a big job
0: Absolutely. Um, we don't usually mention the date that we're recording, but just with every, you know, the, the pace of, of how things are changing, we're recording this on Thursday, April second, mm-hmm. and um, it's going to go up on on Monday the sixth. And so I would imagine, you know, there's going to be a lot that happens between now and then. But today, the initial unemployment numbers came out for for last mm-hmm. week, and you know, when you see in the U.S. huge employment numbers, you know, ten times the previous maximum. Mm-hmm. Uh, to understand that you're absorbing that and everybody on your team is absorbing that. What do they think about it? How do they think it impacts them and the business? Um, Something I'm telling to all of our clients and and really hope everybody um, listening internalizes, it is almost impossible right now as a leader to to over communicate. If, if you can have, you know, a daily update that goes out to the team, it, it doesn't necessarily need to be that you spend, you know, two hours every day with the team, maybe then you are over communicating, but just, you know, here's what's going on. Here's some key news, um, especially if you, if you have good news to share, you know, again, I've got clients who've, who've closed some really nice deals in the last week or so share that out among the team. Mm-hmm. Um you know, tone is important, but letting people know, "Hey guys, we're we're doing well. Everybody's working really hard. Good job." You know, I noticed this. Um, you know, just keeping people engaged and focused, and like you said, centered, well, because um, it's it's really easy right now to get pulled in all kinds of different, complicated directions. Um, and at least during you know work time um, when people are are engaging with with work, it's it's good to be able as a leader to help them stay kind of centered and focused on um, what they can do to be successful and. The, the energy that that will give them, and the uh, the way they'll feel after is is incredibly powerful, and that's something as a leader that you're equipped to help people achieve. That's
1: right.
0: All right, Susan, I I've loved this conversation. Now I know I asked this question when we spoke. Literally at this point, it was like two three weeks ago, but um, I'm going to ask it again in case you've got some additional recommendations. So, what are some books that you would recommend to our listeners? Maybe about you know the you know, that that could help them in in a more extreme situation like it's happening right now, or just in general, best practices.
1: So here's the thing, and I am prepared, Elizabeth.
0: (laughs) You are always prepared, Susan. I love it.
1: (laughs) I do believe that the most important thing you can do um, in this time is, is really think about how you're spending your time. And and are you being as productive as possible? Okay, so the first book that I'd like to recommend is called High Performance Habits, and it's by Brendan Burchard. It is an excellent book. It's a it, I would even recommend it for an audiobook um, for the most part, because you can listen to it while you're walking or you know, doing different things. It's just instilling in you the things that make the biggest difference in having productivity mm-hmm. and success. In whatever your endeavors are, so that's that's one of them. The other one has to do with what we talked about regarding how to have a communicate how to communicate with your buyers in a way that resonates with them. And um, going back to the old brain science, one of the things that you can do uh, is tell tell a story. You know, really communicate mm-hmm. through story. Um, people really can can identify themselves As a character, when you're telling a story about something. So there's a great book called Story Worthy by Matthew Dix. And it's a really great way of being able to take common everyday situations that you find yourself in and being able to connect it to um, different pain points and different things that you want to be able to communicate to your, your customers, your buyers, your prospects, so that when you do get their ear, you're able to really connect with them in a way that will, you know, engage their brain and want them, want, Want, leave them wanting more from you, more information. Mm. Those are just two things that I think if you've got some time and you know, we do have time, you should be spending it on developing yourself um, in ways that, that will make a difference for you in the long run.
0: Definitely. And um, that is just a reminder as well that yes, you have more time now. And yes, you can do more of the, you know, making calls and reaching out to people over email and other stuff like that, but don't dismiss um, time to do things like read. And whether it's listening to a book or, or reading it, um, don't dismiss, uh, you know, if, if you used to have a gym routine and maybe your gym is closed, taking walks or taking runs and, and you can always listen to a book while you do it or not. Um, we, we can't get away from personal development um, uh, during this time because it, it, it requires, it, you know, when you care for yourself and take care of yourself, um, you can get more out of yourself. And uh, this is a time where you're going to need to do that. All right, Susan, if you want people to learn more about you and your work, where should they go?
1: I would love it um, if they would check out unstoppablewomeninsales.com. That's my main website. And even though I work primarily with women sales professionals who are trying to get to the top 1% in a really um, challenging market... um, there's nothing that I do that isn't appropriate for, for men as well. So mm-hmm. go and check out the website. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm also have a great private Facebook group for women sales professionals called Unstoppable Women in Sales Connect. We talk about things like this all the time, and we have a lot of really good conversation regarding, um, you know, kind of supporting each other as a community and what we're seeing, what, we're, what we need to learn, what we need to focus on. So those are two, pla- two of the best places to find me.
0: I just have to say, I love that framing that you just gave. So often women are told, you know, here's this thing that was designed and built and oriented toward men, but you can use it too. <laughs> and to say, this is something that was designed and built and oriented toward women, but men, you can
1: use it too. I love that. <laughs> I love it too. <laughs> I know. <Yeah>. All <laughs> right. Well, thank you. Oh, I'm sorry. The only place I can't let men in is in the um, Facebook private Facebook group because yes. I promise that that is just a women's community uh, for women sales professionals. But they're welcome to take a look at the resources that I have um, at unstoppablewomeninsales.com. Happy to. have All right,
0: you. wonderful, and they can connect with you on LinkedIn as well. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Susan, so much for speaking with me today and for coming back again. I know it was a it was a really quick transition. I really appreciate your your availability.
1: Always a pleasure to be with you, Elizabeth. I think we're sisters from another mister sometimes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Definitely. And thank you to all of our listeners for tuning into today's show. I know you have a lot of things pulling at your attention right now, and I'm so glad that you decided to focus on your, your personal development by listening to this. You can find the notes and resources for everything that we've been talking about today at criteriaforsuccess.com pod 242. Be sure to tune in on Friday for another inspirational episode. And as a reminder, that online conference that I attended, uh, this is an even better time for online conferences than when uh, than when we first discussed it. So don't forget that I gave a presentation at the International Institute for Learning's Leadership and Innovation Online Conference. It is live from March 5th to June 7th, so we still have some time for it. And if you use the code, my last name, Frederick, F-R-E-D-E-R-I-C-K, you can get $10 off your registration for the conference. Um, I thought my talk went pretty well. I hope, I hope you all enjoy it. But there are also a ton of other really great, interesting talks about innovation, about leadership, and those are both topics that are especially relevant right now. If you are enjoying the show, please recommend us to a friend and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you listen. While you're there, please leave us a rating or a review. That'll help people find the show, and it lets us know what's working and where we can improve. Remember to follow us on Twitter at CFS Playbook. Let's Talk Sales is a production of Criteria for Success and is produced by Ariana Miskel, Laura Marchoff, Mark Krogan, and me, Elizabeth Frederick. Happy selling!